Welcome to episode 16 of the Funny Story Podcast. As always, I'm your host, comedian Chris Diorio. On today's episode, we have the story of a pizza delivery boy who developed a rivalry with one of his customers that lasted a good portion of a year. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And also check out the funny shorties on TikTok and Instagram at the Chris Diorio. As always, I'm your host, comedian Chris Diorio. Check out this episode and more. And again, like, share, and subscribe the Funny Story Podcast. And of course, to submit your own funny story, email me at the Funny Story Podcast at gmail.com. That's the Funny Story Podcast at gmail.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Funny Story Podcast, episode 16, my pizza delivery rival. Hey, Chris, a little background info first. My first and actually only job as a high school student was as a pizza delivery boy for a popular national pizza chain. I won't say the name here, but let's just say if you ever had a pizza prepared in a small cabin with a red roof, then you know what place I'm talking about. Being a pizza delivery boy is one of those generic high school jobs that most people just assume is easy and brainless work. But keep in mind that I had to be a pizza delivery boy in the days before we all had cell phones with data plans and car navigation apps to tell us where we needed to go. So you actually had to know where you were going and what you were doing a little bit to get by. Thankfully, I grew up and worked in a smaller city that had less than 40,000 people, if I remember correctly at the time and wasn't that huge geographically. So I was decently familiar with the area and could navigate the streets better than most. The other side of being in a town that size, however, is that it's pretty easy to get a reputation around town for just about anything, as it's much easier to be a well-known individual in a town that size than, of course, a larger city. While obviously delivering pizzas wasn't my career endgame, I did enjoy what I did and like to take pride in my work, Uh, a character trait that I like to think I've kept with me in my adult years. About half my time at quote-unquote work was spent in my own car, listening to my music, nobody bothering me, and the other half of my time at work was spent mostly with people my age in my peer group. Now that I'm technically an adult with a job that has pretty high expectations of me, there's something to be said for the joy of having a job where people by default just expect you to be either lazy or quote-unquote just a kid. Any downtime we had was mostly spent either just hanging out or gossiping, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news to anyone listening to this podcast, but one of our favorite topics to gossip about at work was, of course, the customers. As with most things in life, when it comes to customers, we tend to spend most of our time focusing on the outliers. You have the really cool customers, which in work speak is the customers who tip well. Of course, we can also appreciate showing up at a house and being greeted by a friendly family or, of course, a cute girl. But at the end of the day, our favorite customers were the ones who tipped well. Then you had your really uncool customers, which, as I'm sure you can guess, are the ones who don't tip well or don't tip at all. In the grand scheme of things, looking back, typically our interactions with any particular house were so short that we didn't care so much about your attitude or how you greeted us, it all came down to dollars and cents. 
You had the occasional customer who was rude as hell or very demanding, but would still tip well. And that's all we really cared about, honestly. On the opposite side of the coin, if you were as sweet as pie, as they say down here in the South, but you stiff this on the tip, well, your charming smile and welcome to our home doormat isn't paying for my gas, so sorry. Then, of course, you had the third kind of customer. This one was rare, but it was the customer with whom their habits and interactions were so interesting and out of the box that what they tipped us and how far away they were and all the other stuff came second to just how downright peculiar they were. One of these customers, we'll call him Mr. Smith for ease of use, became my biggest rival in my high school years. You see, Mr. Smith liked to treat his pizza delivery service like Jigsaw from the Saw movies. I can picture him now picking up the phone and saying, I want to play a game with you, before placing every pizza order. He clearly not only had a lot of time on his hands, but probably suffered from some sort of mental depravity. Mr. Smith would call us pretty regularly, but not on any sort of regular schedule. So it wasn't like, oh, Wednesday is pizza night. He would just order from us at least four times a month, but sometimes it would be two days in a row, and then we wouldn't hear from him for like two weeks. Sometimes it would be for lunch. It was very erratic, but we all got to know him on every shift because of the nature of his orders. Not only was his order time erratic, but his orders themselves were also erratic. Most regulars tend to order the same couple of things, maybe try something new, but this dude would order something new and weird every single time. It could be a weird combination on his pizza or just a cheese pizza, and then he would just want breadsticks and salad. And of course, every order had some sort of special moderation or more accurately, a stipulation. I don't mean like, hey, this guy modified things pretty often. I mean, every single order had some sort of modification on it. One I will never forget, and I swear this is the day where I became determined to get in this guy's head, is when he ordered the very controversial ham and pineapple pizza, with his stipulation being that he wanted pineapple on half the pizza and ham on the other half. This was like Joker-level psychotic. So at this point, I made a declaration to my team that anytime Mr. Smith ordered from now on, if at all possible, I wanted, no, I needed to be the person to deliver his order. This was non-negotiable. The other people on my team didn't mind at all, mostly. You see, I forgot to mention that his tipping pattern was also completely erratic. Sometimes you'd get to, quote-unquote, keep the change on whatever his order was. Other times, there would be a whole $20 bill on top of you keeping the change. It did not matter what the order was. You could bring him a sandwich and make $30 one day, and another day it could be two large pizzas, soda and breadsticks, and you walk away with like $2. Complete lunatic. So finally, after ham and pineapple pizza day, I drew a line in the sand and vowed to get to the bottom of this. I'd like to tell you that his house was some gated mansion on the top of a hill with the ravens flying around and wolves with bees in their mouths in the basement, uh, but it wasn't. He had a very normal house for the area. Raised ranch, two-car garage, small front yard with a few plants and port decorations. Basic. The even crazier part is, when I delivered the pizza and rang the doorbell, I expected this withered hunchback of a man to open the door, reach out his gnarled hand, and pull back the pizza only to throw money at me. 
Instead, the guy who answered the door was for sure old enough to be retired, but he didn't look this weird at all. He was tall, gray hair, reading glasses, and kind of dressed like Mr. Rogers after he got home. I was so shocked that he looked normal that when I handed him the pizza, instead of asking him all the questions I intended to, I just blurted out, thank you, sir, and he took the money and left. I was shook. Thankfully, Lock Clockwork, again, Mr. Jones placed another order a couple days later on my shift, and this time his request was for a pepperoni pizza, lightly sauced and heavily cheesed. This time, I took a moment to gather my thoughts as I rang the doorbell. He answered, again looking normal, and I said, hey, Mr. Jones, I have to ask you, you order from us a lot. What's your favorite thing on the menu? He smiled at me, grabbed the pizza, paid me, and said, everything's good, then closed the door. Okay, look, I work at the place, and I'll be the first person to tell you that not everything's good. Uh, most of it isn't good, if I'm being completely honest. But again, I was just awestruck at the whole situation, so I took my money and left. This pattern continued for a bit, and over the course of the next two months, I was able to get to his house another four times, and every single time was the same deal. I was able to blurt out some stupid question trying to probe into his habits. He would give me a short answer accompanied by a criminally charming smile. Then he would close the door, go about his day, and I would learn nothing. It started to get on the point where my coworkers were mocking me for my lack of ability to seal the deal on learning something about this guy. And there were even rumblings of maybe someone else in the restaurant taking a stab at it. But no way was I going to let that happen. This was my fight, my legacy, my moment. So I decided, no questions asked. Next time he ordered, I was going to smoke a little weed beforehand so my inhibitions were lowered. And I was going to ask this guy the hard questions. It took longer than I'd hoped, but two weeks or so later, I had my opportunity. My head manager wasn't working that day. It was a lazy day with my shift almost coming to an end, and Mr. Smith called in and placed his order. A large olive pizza with extra olives. Just cheese and a shitload of olives. This dude kind of just invented the martini pizza, but whatever. I worked with the team to make sure his order was ready right away, so I had time to smoke some courage into myself and get this done once and for all. I pulled to his driveway, and the idiot teenager that I was, I thought that spraying Ralph Lauren polo all over myself would hide the fact that I was relatively high. The Visine didn't help much either, but screw it, I gave it a shot. I walked up, slowly rang the doorbell, and had the pizza in one arm, holding it almost behind my back so Mr. Smith couldn't just grab the pizza and scurry back to his lair. As the door opened, I took a deep breath and launched into my pitch. Hey, man, I gotta ask. You order a lot of weird stuff from us. Do you actually eat the food, or are you just messing with us? Mr. Smith stopped in his tracks and, as his custom, smiled at me and said, Why? Do you not like what I order? I wasn't expecting that response, so I replied, No, no, no. It's just you order a lot of weird stuff. Uh, what's weird about it? He asked. Well, this is not going as I expected. I wanted answers, not questions. Uh, well, you modify every order. You order at weird times. Your food is weird. We just have a lot of questions. Mr. Smith just kind of looked at me over, but I could detect a hint of a smile on his face. May I have my pizza? He asked. Of course, I said. But I got to know something. We're all wondering what your deal is. We stood there for a second. He took his pizza and handed me $40 and said, keep the change and started to close the door. Dude, please. 
I yelled out and boldly stuck my foot in his door. He rolled his eyes and opened the door a little wider. Okay, if I tell you, will you keep it a secret? I nodded, not sure that I would honor this agreement, but I did need an answer. He smiled again and said, here's the deal. About five years ago, I had surgery, and now I can't taste shit. So it's all just food to me. I just make these weird orders because I think it's hilarious. And then he closed the door. So that was it. That was his origin story. He really was just fucking with us the entire time. To answer the question I'm sure you're asking, I told everyone on my team what he said. But we also agreed that this old man was now our hero. And we would continue making his orders and delivering them without letting him know we're in on the joke. And of course, all future employees would have to earn their right to learn the secret of Mr. Smith's crazy orders. I personally delivered to him as many times as possible before I quit that job about six months later, right before I graduated. I'm glad I got to tell you this story because as I sit here now, I'm about 25 years away from retiring myself and I'm already looking forward to being the next Mr. Smith when I do. Folks, thank you once again for checking out the Funny Story Podcast. Again, I'm your host, comedian Chris Diorio. Don't forget to check out the next episode and please like, share, and subscribe. We'll catch you on the next one.